Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. Uh, there's two of us right now. There's about to be three in about another minute. And thank God, Phil. Thank God we have games to look forward to. Both of us have it down there in our in our second secondary lines. Hockey is back starting Sunday, and I can't wait for that. Also, uh, the Global Series that will be going on soon in Australia. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams. And the man who is hoping to help save us all from New York sports this year, now that hockey's back, Mr. John Falkowski. I don't know what type of saving that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not a savior, so I don't know why you anointed me as that. Uh, because you're so entertaining. That's the reason why. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Flattery will get you everywhere, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't imagine uh, hockey in Australia. It's kind of a funny one could be a bunch of kangaroos in the audience or something like that or you know some fosters is the uh the beer of choice but i, I mean that's interesting i i can't wait for sunday i mean i, I know i'm fiending for like preseason hockey which is kind of sad but that's the point that i'm at right now thanks new york giants even though you won last week i think you're gonna get smacked around tonight well hopefully that won't be the case with them uh, because although then again, I got Christian McCaffrey and Brendan Ayuk on my fantasy team, so maybe I do need that. Um, yeah, you do. By the way, Phil, there could be an Australian born NHL player, uh, coming in this season, breaking in with the Washington Capitals. So it's you know, we've we've had players from Ireland, Great Britain, it's it's happened everywhere, so that's just what we need. All right, Anthony's going to be joining us in just a minute. And everybody, in case if you haven't done it, make sure you hit the subscribe button, the like button, and, of course, the bell. So, oh, by the way, Phil, do you want to show him the jersey? Yeah, so we ended up getting these in. Pretty cool, right? Big Apple Hockey, the A on there, because apparently I'm not the lead guy. Um, <laughs> Y'all know who is. Uh, so every time something gets messed up, you can blame him as opposed to me. Um, number 16, that's me. Usually if I play forward, I usually wear 16. If I uh, play defense, I usually play wear, wear eight. Um, Ayuk is apparently out tonight. Big blow to your fantasy team. Sucks okay, I will fix that during the A block. All Sucks right. New. All right. Yeah. 
the Caps already did that too. Uh, oh, they did. They did put Walker in. Okay, because I heard that he was uh, potentially going to make the team. So now, thank you, David. Uh, that was one of the articles that I read this morning to prepare for this. Uh, and let's start up with the A block. We're going to go right to some of the questions and position battles that we're looking for in training camp slash the preseason. And, of course, Big Apple Hockey trucker hats are available. Everybody, we have T-shirts that are available on our eBay page. And the A Block, oh, as the lovely folk is wearing. And the A Block is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey for $20 off your first order. So, Phil, I guess, I guess we'll just start with the Rangers right now. So we can wait for Anthony to get in so we get more in-depth with the Islanders. But what position battles? You you would like Philk more anyway, Scott. <laughs> so what are some of the position battles that you're seeing that you're going to be looking at and scrutinizing uh, as, as preseason and the training uh, camp goes on? Top six right side wingers. I would imagine Capo Caco has one of them. Who is the other? Is it Blake Wheeler? Um, does Alexi Lafreniere uh, get put over there? Uh, I would say the the two bottom six right wing sides too. Does Alex Belzeal win one of them? Is is it is it Tyler Pitlick? I mean, I, I, the right side in general seems to be the the issue. I don't know how likely this is. But I want to see if Philip Hedl can win the number two center spot over Vinny Trocek. That's really what I want to see because I, I, I think the team is best served when Trocek is playing at 3C and Hedl is at 2C. And I want to see Hedl and Panarin together. I do. I, I, I want to see how that line will work. I think Hedl's speed would help Panarin so much. And if you can give me a line of Hedl, Lafreniere, and Panarin, that could do so much for the, the two kids going forward. So um, I, I really do like the way that uh, that the Rangers are set up right now. But it's up to Peter Laviolette to see what they do. I mean, he's the one that's going to pull the strings there. I mean, I, I, I got to have faith in him right now. I, I don't have a reason to question as of yet. I know that the first time – he makes a questionable coaching move. Everybody, including myself, will probably be all over him about it. But that's the nature of being a fanatic. So, yeah, and even that, for for that notion, also an analyst too. Because right now he, we're in the honeymoon period with Laviolette, and the thing is with that, Phil, I don't think it's the same thing as the Gallant honeymoon period. Like he's got much more of a, a microscope. Golan was Igor Shesterkin winning them games by going to prime Hachik form, 97-98 Hachik. So there was no honeymoon with that. It was just, oh, okay, let's just have Igor Shesterkin stand on his head for 50 to 60 games. And then we went into the playoffs and the kids kind of came out. So that that's Golan's honeymoon. But also I think the, the honeymoon in that was that he wasn't Quinn. So the first thing all of us could say is he's not Quinn. So a lot of fans were able to kind of pull back and not really see as many warts. I think that there were other times where you were mentioning as the games went on adjustments that he would make in the lineup that that was, they were always stronger in the third period with Gallant. So that's for one thing. By the way, but Phil, you took the words right out of my mouth. 
I actually thought you were going to say top right wings. So I wasn't focused on that. And good. We have Anthony coming on with us right now as you speak. My guy is, uh, or the one I'm looking at is the, the 2C. They got to get the 2C. They got to figure out what that's going to be and how that's going to be structured. Can Philip Heedle take the 2C? That's going to be a big thing because I, I, I think if he does, then you're using Vinny Trocek in a completely different manner. And now it's not, and, and I still don't look at Vinny Trocek and go 63 points last year. What a season. It's amazing. If you're going to tell me Vinny Trocek ends up being your 3C, the New York Rangers could start talking about being close to Jersey and Carolina than falling into a wild card. Absolutely. Anthony, first off, hello, Anthony. <laughs> How's it going, guys? How are we doing? That haircut is looking good, fine, good. Anthony. And, oh, thanks. um, Going to Anthony, Hershey Park what? tomorrow. I gotta look. Gotta look on point. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I always have the good hair. So, uh, although sometimes this wants to go do its own thing. Remember Anthony, starting with the New York Rangers, what position more? battles are you looking at in camp and in the preseason? I mean, my I guess my my thing is I wonder if if Will Cooley could play his way onto the team on on the fourth line role possibly somewhere, you know, in the bottom six, uh, you know, he's a big body that plays a heavy game. And I think, you know, some of the, the depth players, the Rangers signed, um, I don't know if they're necessarily married to any of them, like, you know, Nash and, and Pitlick. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of those guys have to fight and earn their spots in camp. I don't think they're, you know, cemented into the lineup by any means. Um, so I wonder if a young player like that can really, you know, make a name for himself in camp and crack the opening night roster. Um, the the rest of their group, um, I think, is you know kind of sealed. Really not really not in doubt. Uh, I know there's there's talk about if Brennan Offman can make the team, but again, you know, with him a skilled forward, uh, and at least in my opinion, I think if he's going to make the team, you want to put him in a top six role so that, to put him in the best position to succeed. Again, you know, I, I pointed to how you know the Islanders put Nito Niederreiter into a fourth line role with guys like Jay Pandolfo and Marty Reisner, and you know, weighed on him and it, it resulted in him you know requesting a trade. So, um, you know, for him, I think the Rangers should show uh, patience with Othman. You know, let him, you know, kind of grind his teeth in, in Bridgeport, in Hartford, uh, and, you know, eventually maybe get a call up, do an injury later in the year or whatnot. But, um, yeah, overall, I think a lot of their, their you know, roster questions and spots are, you know, pretty much locked in. For me, it's a question of the bottom six, if a younger player can kind of outplay one of those other veterans. Um and I guess the the other part of that too is on defense. Is Eric Gustafson going to be a you know everyday player? Is he going to play like sixty games? Um, can a guy like Connor Mackey you know uh, beat him out and earn a spot on the roster? Whether it be the sixty, the seventy, um, that's you know that's another question too. So nothing that's really going to have catastrophic or really significant impact on on the team. But I think those are the spots that if I were a Ranger fan, I would kind of be you know dialed in on. I think you bring up the the bottom like defenseman on the depth chart or the the bottom pairing, and I think a question on the pairings is, and Phil, let me throw this up to you. Do you think the pairings have to be intact, or is, they should Laviolette could just come in and just blow it all up? I don't think he's necessarily married to any of the pairings. 
I don't. I, I, I think Gallant was for whatever reason, maybe Fox and Lindgren, but I, I, I don't, I don't understand, you know, um, why he would have to be married to any of that, any of the pairings. Otherwise, I think he's going to experiment with the defensive pairings, especially that I, I, I think Truben Miller need to finally be broken up. I think Truben needs to have his duties reduced. Uh, I, I think that Braden Schneider, to me, has looked a lot better than Jacob Truba has at times. And I know that Jacob Truba, yeah, he was playing through an injury the first part of last season, but he did not look good at all. And his play has declined since he's gotten here. Uh, I mean, each of the years since he's gotten here, his play has declined. So um, I am not looking forward to seeing Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller together. I, I think that may not be a pairing anymore. I think Peter Lavia let me go in another direction. I'm not sure, but um, <clears throat> I, I I don't think he's married to anything. And I, I even if I were him, I would also look up at, look up at uh, breaking up Chris Kreider and Nika Zibanejad. I mean, there's no reason to keep that together and just say, oh hey, they have to be together. They're best friends. No, you you can be friends and you can play on different lines on this team. If you want, if you care about winning, then you will do what the coach says is best to try to win games. And if that means Chris Crowder gets moved down the third line and even strength and they play together on the power play, then okay. You want to go hang out and do your things afterwards or on the weekends or wherever when you have days off? Cool. No problem. But again, it, it, it marrying yourself to any type of pairing or combination is just pointless at this point because you have a brand new coach that's coming in. He's going to tinker with things and he's going to take a look at what he thinks is best. And furthermore, I trust LaViolette over more than I've trusted Gallant, more than I've trusted Tortorella, more than I've trusted Vigneault, more than I've trusted any Rangers coach probably since Keenan. So I'm going with what LaViolette says here. I, until he gives me reason to start to believe that he's losing it, then I, I have no reason to question his faith. So you trust him more than you trust Ron Lowe? I'm shocked. Yeah, Ron Lowe. That's, that's, I'm absolutely we had, shocked. What, Dave Carpa with um, Brian Leach at one point. That was great. Anthony, the last word on splitting up everybody. Just to, So some fans would say, hey, you're splitting up these guys. What are you doing with this? I mean, they, they play so well together. But also that can lengthen your lineup, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think sometimes um, it's good to, to tinker with your lineup and change things. Because listen, just because something worked – Last year doesn't mean it's going to work again, you know, th this season. Um, you know, hockey's a game of kind of ebbs and flows and, and building chemistry. And, yeah, guys that have been together forever, we are likely going to be paired together. Um, but if you're at a case of, you know, two guys who played well uh, for some stretches uh, last year, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to marry them together for this coming season. Um, you know, one of, one of the examples here is that the, a lot of Islander fans have been talking about, and the question is, does, you know, Nelson, uh, Palmer, and Engvall stay together? And, yes, they were they were dynamite down the stretch last year, helped the Islanders get into the playoffs. Um, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't at least look at other, you know, other options. I mean, if you're a head coach, you're not doing your job if you if you don't do that. You know, you want to try to find the best the best options that's going to, you know, give your team the most success. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's no harm in trying different things in camp, seeing what guys can maybe look build chemistry with others just by looking at them together on the ice. Um, so yeah, I, I'm for, I'm for switching things up, uh, you know, and, and getting away from the tired and true. Well, 
Anthony, I'm going to fire it right back to you. What are you looking at position battles or anything like that going into Islanders camp? Um, <clears throat> there's a lot less intrigue, right? Um, there at the Islanders. Um, you know, I, I would say that is a, there's a good chance like today, uh, Barzell and Horvat were in the same group, you know, they're, they're going to start together. Um, Lee was in that group too. He's, he's likely going to be that, uh, start on that line. Um, like I just mentioned, you know, Nelson, Engvall, Palmieri, they'll likely stay together. The fourth line, as we mentioned as well, they're going to get their last hurrah. They're going to be given the opportunity to stay together. So really with the Islanders, it, the, the, the question is who who fills Zach Parise's um, spot on the third line? And, you know, Stan Fischler did uh, like five you know, kind of like uh, young ca- candidates for the younger players to make the team. Um and, you know, he had the, you know, William DeFores of the world on there and Ruslan Ishikov and um, Samuel Bolduc, which I think is probably honestly a lot to be at least the seventh day. But um, he had Matthew Maggio on there. Um, and oddly enough, today, after the first day camp, uh, Lane Lambert had high praise of Maggio. He said that he had real good speed. Um, he shot the puck well. You could tell he's a really skilled guy. Um, you know, even though he's, you know, just coming out of, he came out of junior in the last year. Played a couple, had a couple of games with Bridgeport. Had a couple of tea, had a couple of tea there in the playoffs uh, for them. Um, he's twenty years old. You know he's the OHL's leading scorer last year, overager. But need to say he led the league there. He had a really good year. Um, you know he was a late round draft pick, but some sometimes you get lucky and you and you hit on these picks. So if, if Maggio, you know, if he could show enough skill to, to kind of, you know, show Lambert that maybe, you know, maybe he's mature enough to play an NHL game. Again, he's not 18, he's 20, um, so he's not really raw. Um, and if he does have that speed and skill, like he says, I, I'm curious to see if he can, you know, earn a spot on the roster. Um, you know, crazier things have happened. But uh, overall, that's that's the real the question I'm looking for. Who fills Zach Parise's hole? Is it Julian Gauthier? Does, she, does he show enough to, to play there? Um, you know, or does, you know, he play on the fourth line and still make the team and, you know, one of Clutterbuck and Martin become, a, you know, the 13th forward, um, you know, Hudson Fashing, he had 10 goals last year in his, his first year in the NHL, feel good story from him, you know, his upbringing, his family, um, does he have more to his game? I think he does. Uh, I think he could chip in 15 and be a guy that plays a high energy. So, um, that, that's really the main question in Islanders camp right now, who fills Zach Brise's spot there on the third line? Book, what do you got for your main question? Positionally? Anything. Or you want to go with what training camp is? I mean, uh, honestly, it's what do you get from Bo Horvat? I mean, I, I think that this is really the most important thing is to does he get back to being a 30, 30, 60 player? Is that what he is? Does he take another step forward in his career? I mean, we, we know he's not going to play the way he played in Vancouver before that trade. Anybody expecting that, you're out to lunch. I'm sorry. You just are. Your hopes are a little too high. Uh, but I, I, I think Bo Horvat has got to be much better than he was down the stretch and in the playoffs for the Islanders. If the Islanders want to make the playoffs and they want a decent seed and not just to be a, a team that scrapes in on the wild card, having to face somebody like Carolina again, which I, I don't think they want for a second year in a row. I think this Carolina team is probably even better than last year's team. And I think the Islanders wouldn't fare well. I, I don't think the Rangers would fare well against that team either, for that matter. But 
I, I think that the Islanders need to get out to a strong start and they need to have Horvat firing like right off the bat. And whether it's the chemistry with Barzell or if you even, even if you have to put him with Nelson, I, I, I don't care, but Bo Horvat needs to be, he needs to be better than he's been minus that last season run because that just shooting at 20% is not sustainable. It's just not. I mean, not many players could do that. So that's, that's obvious. Alexander Ovechkin couldn't do it. His highest was 15.4. That's although, the best score ever right there. Although I, that's a great question. Cause we always talk about this percentage. I got to look it up. I know Ray Perrault had a really accurate shot. Um, he was one of those guys. He let it go. It was over. Uh, but there's a lot of those. I, I tell you what, I had originally the uh, Ingvall, uh, Perry, and Nelson line. Can they still keep it up? Can they still do it? I'm going to broaden that question out a little bit. I'm going to say Lane Lambert year two. I want to know if there's any adjustments to this system. And if they're back to just lock it down defensively, that's it. But if they're like, because they were engaging their defensemen a lot more, especially earlier in the season. And then it just kind of stopped. So I'd like to see what he's going to bring, what adjustments that he might have on the table. Because the Islanders personnel is pretty much what we had last year. And, of course, you know you're going to have Ilya Sorokin as a wall back there. Same thing with Igor Sesterkin for the New York Rangers. It's just, what are you going to do in front of those guys? That's what's going to be very important. And if the Islanders add... um, Let's say the Islanders had 20 goals in their goals for that's going to move them ahead of the standings a lot more. This is the team that desperately needed goal scoring. Yeah, and definitely. if Lambert can generate more scoring, I think the Islanders are going to be a much, much tougher team. The other thing I, I I'm actually intrigued about is, is Oliver Wallstrom. Um, you know, I don't know if you plan on talking this about this a little more, Mark, but I was at the charity event this past weekend. Um, have a lot of good nuggets from there, but uh, Wallstrom was one of the guys that, you know, I kind of talked to quite a bit. I mean, I, I talked to him one-on-one for a little bit. And then two of the games of Can Jam, um, he was playing against us. And uh, real, I mean, real just exuberant, kind of full-of-life guy. He, he was happy. He was talking about how, you know, how he's, you know, itching to get back on the ice after missing so much time. And um, he was saying that his knee is completely healthy. And then today, some of the comments he made that he said that, he was going to go out there this year and, and play with it, you know, um, with what he, I mean, he actually said, give to, if you know what I mean about mm-hmm. just, he's going to go out there and he's going to really play and enjoy himself and, you know, see how it goes. He said that his, his rehab um, is kind of having him feel real good, the best he's felt. And um, just kind of looking at him, he, he gave that aura that, you know, this is a guy that could possibly, you know, break out. Um, he was confident um, and I liked what I saw from him. So, He's another guy, though. Yeah, yeah. So if he can, you know, really catch on and, and utilize his shot and get some confidence, I think this is a guy that could score twenty goals for him. And you know, him doing that would go a long way for the team. But um, you know, I I actually also wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a look on the first line with Horvat and Barzell and and Lee and Lee played on the third line. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I, I think they might give him that look. Uh, but I'm excited to see what Wallstrom can do this year. And by the way, who won that Cam Jam tournament? <laughs> uh, me and my brother-in-law. Uh, we we <laughs> brought we brought we brought it home, and uh, you know we gave the trophy to a, a family that was uh, 
battling uh, cancer at the moment, which was awesome. Look on the kid's face was, you know, made everything worth it. But yeah, it was a it was a good feel good event. Uh, I really enjoyed myself there. It's actually kind of funny that you were there and that it was this week because one of the I want to say like the day before or something like that, I woke up and it was the NHL awards. And as soon as I I turned it on uh, NHL network, they were talking about this. Like as soon as I turned it on, because they were doing the um, King Clancy award that Anders Lee was a finalist for last year. And what what was funny was uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis Chalowski was uh, our partner. And it's funny because, you know, he was basically a minor leaguer the whole season last year, but he was, he was the Islander that we got paired with. And, uh, he was dirty at Canjam. He he was laughing. He's like, "Yeah, he's like, I'm from Minnesota in the summer. This is all we do." <laughs> but he was he was just he was just kind of teeing it up for us. It made it easy to just kind of slap it in the can and get the three pointers. Um, but he, yeah, he was he was really uh, he was really good. And uh, Sorokin was dirty too. He in the in the, the second to last round, he almost won it for the team we were playing against two times. He kept getting it this close to getting it right in the mailbox oh. and that's game over that's game over if you do that he actually did it the yeah. game the game before and lee was like this guy just sunk the mailbox on me um <laughs> but yeah he was he, and also too when, when the frisbee was like going like wide of the can he like ran over and it, when it wasn't an option to get it with his hand he like used his feet to like pick up the frisbee as it was falling and kind of just like <laughs> kick it towards the can I looked at him I'm like, guy, I mean, easy. If you hurt yourself, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> but yeah, you know uh, what? You play yeah, cautious. That's time. the way you might get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's actually amazing. And um, although just to extend one thought from what you were talking about with Wallstrom, I'm not sure exactly how high, like how much they're counting on him. But if he comes in, pops in 20 goals, that's huge for the Islanders. Like that's huge. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that that's that's a shot in the arm that you need. You're talking about 20 goals in the standings. How many did he have last year? Like when he got hurt. I think he only had seven when he got seven. hurt. I mean, that that's a 13 goal increase right there. If he has 20, I mean, even yeah. 13 goal increase from one year to the next. I mean, that's going to move you up in the standings a bit. I mean, a 20 goal increase. Forget about it. Like, think about how we've talked about how. How does Seattle let go of Daniel Sprong, who came out of nowhere? I don't understand that one. Chipped I in really a good zone. I guess the feeling is maybe Kyler Yamamoto can uh, duplicate his production. He, he had he had seven he had seven goals and sixteen points in thirty nine games. Sorry, thirty five games before so he got seven hurt. Goals over a third. I mean, times that by see that's fourteen. It's maybe just under twenty goals, somewhere in the range of like fifteen, seventeen goals in mm-hmm. like two games something like that yeah those are, those are good numbers all right so yeah what are your thoughts on on what position battles you're looking at in camp in the preseason throw them down in the comments guys we're gonna go to the, the second block of this then we're gonna go to bar talk but uh just uh, i'm still shaking my head thinking about this story guys mike babcock resigns as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets after the NHLPA investigated the accusations of invasion of privacy. I just shorted it down to invasion of privacy because he was taking guys' phones. But, I mean, as soon as the NHLPA was involved, this was not going to happen. This was definitely over. We talked about this briefly last week, but 
you started hearing more stuff come out. Phil, let me get your thoughts on it first. Yeah, I mean, uh, the news came out afterwards, and you know, I ended up being wrong, so I'll eat my crow there. But yeah, I, I just I found it. I still kind of find it very weird that Boone Jenner and and Johnny Gaudreau would come out and I uh, kind of like vouch for him in that regard, and then this would come out afterwards. Like, why would they do that if? this was actually what was going on to me. I, I don't get it. I don't get why they would cover for him. And that's why I asked that question last week. And I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm still kind of like lost. I mean, Mike Babcock seems like he hasn't learned his lesson. And that's probably it for him. He's probably done in the NHL and rightfully so. So, um, what does Ni Hao mean in Mandarin? Because I think Mike Babcock will probably be saying that pretty frequently <laughs> after uh, his um, NHL tenure is now completely done for. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really uh, – I don't get how he just didn't learn his lesson. I don't. I really don't. Hey. Something he just never learned, and that, that's it. And he just comes from an old line of culture where it's just – treat players however the hell you want and spitting chiclets my apologies to them they they ended up getting it right um but you know what i i i will say this the one thing that i'm going to take as a positive from this i know this sounds crazy is that all these players came together to speak out against this guy and they spoke up and they spoke up early so uh good for the players for having each other's backs even if they had to go anonymously to Biznet and Whitney and, you know, say something and kind of get, get it broadcasted that way, you know, good, good for them. <laughs> what is Anthony laughing at? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, I don't know about that one. I think, I think with Babcock, if he was the coach that he used to be, I had them really kind of climbing the standings. Anthony, what do you think about this? Um, I mean, it's weird, right? Because Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner both actually came out and, you know, kind of defended him and said that they had no issue with what he did. Um, and they were upset kind of how it got portrayed. Um, so that, that tells me that, you know, not everybody kind of feels the same, right? Right. I mean, uh, clearly those two players weren't bothered by what he did, but that doesn't mean um, that, you know, there were the rest of the guys on the team were comfortable with it. I think he probably had a mixed bag of, you know, some guys that weren't comfortable with it and some that, you know, didn't have any issue with it. And um, it seems to me, obviously, that, you know, he resigned, that there was a more to the story and that there was more guys that felt um, uncomfortable with it, unlike guys like Jenner and Goudreau, who had no problem with it. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a weird thing, though, right? You, you get you're back in the NHL, you get hired and you, you know, you ask your players to airplay, you know, their phones so that he can look at your pictures. I mean, that's, it's a little, it's a little weird. I know that Gaudreau and Jenner said it was his way of kind of getting to like know you and seeing your family and kind of the stuff you did this summer. And I get that, but why not just say, Hey, you know, tell me about your family. What'd you guys do? You yeah. Know, exactly. oh, oh, you, oh, you, oh, you went to Ireland. Oh, cool. Let me, let me see a picture. But to like kind of ask it as like a demand, um, I could see why that would rub people. Uh, the wrong way. And I, also, too, there's the element of this in society now, like everybody's just so attached to their phone and they have anxiety when they don't have it with them. And 
So I think, you know, for him to ask these players for their phone and, you know, he's sitting there scrolling through it. Maybe there's something there that they don't want him to see. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was a poor choice, uh, bad lack of judgment um, by him to, to do that. And ultimately it cost him his job. But, um, you know, I would say, you know, based on this and kind of the, the stuff that happened with him in Toronto with asking Marner to rate his teammates work ethic and, you know, in Detroit, you have Johan Franzen saying he's like the worst person in the world. I, I would be surprised if he uh, if he coaches again. But, you know, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I guess we'll, I guess we'll have to see. But uh, it's tough for the Blue Jackets, though, to, to have a head coach, you know, fired so close to the start of the season. Um, it's, it makes things a little tough. But maybe they rally around it and they well, that- you know, come out of the gates on fire. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part about that. Did this happen at the right time, Philk? that they were able to recover from this and maybe even, as Anthony said, galvanize them. Yeah, I mean, you saw a track. I, 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 I don't know if I really feel comfortable saying this in this way, but I, I think back to the, the the shooting in Las Vegas and the Golden Knights inaugural season and how they used that as a moment to galvanize around it and it happened right before the start of the season. And I'm not, I'm not comparing the two moments. I'm just saying that sometimes – a, a, a moment can come together and galvanize a team like that. And the fact that this happened early on is a lot better for them as opposed to it happening in December or February or something like that. Could you imagine if that happened in like February and they're, they're like in the race for a wild card spot and then the bottom just drops out on all this. I mean, there, there you go. There's your, there's your season. Cause so. Because it's big news, you know, coach. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, almost it's like a, a scandal, right? Kind of yeah. scandal. This, I mean, this, this is almost like a scandal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. just this is the big news of the week, Mikey. That's the reason why. Actually, I just typed that into the chat just now for you, and yeah. uh, we're gonna close it all now because we're gonna get on to the to the other stuff. But yeah. I do have to say, when I found out that the concessions people hated Mike Babcock, and I was one yeah. of the people that said bring in Mike Babcock for the Rangers, I am thankful that wasn't the case. But now that there's also word that Sather kind of recommended him for uh, to Davidson, I don't believe that rumor at all. I don't. Okay. I don't. I I think if all right. So what I don't get about that is that why would Davidson say no to Babcock in New York with an older, more experienced core? but then say yes to him in Columbus with yeah. a, a far less experienced core and a younger team overall is something about that rumor is not right. And where that rumor is coming from, I'm not going to name any names. So I'm not even going to give those people the dignity of being mentioned by name on here, but um, where that's coming from, it's very questionable at this point. Yeah. You always got to consider the source. And that's why, I mean, even I just said it was rumor right there. All right, everybody, we're going to message from DraftKings, and then we're going to go right to Bar Talk. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more 
for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. I'm going to say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So, so, I'll just have a beer or, you know, oh, dear God, I need a shot out of all this. Make sure you're playing down in the comments below. And also, why go to the liquor store when you can go to Drizzly? Have somebody else bring everything to you. Liquor, beer, wine, whatever you want. Just have them do it. It's great for parties. And, of course, as always, Big Apple Hockey Trucker Hats are available. I'm going to fix that background in just one second. But first, I have to ask this question to you, Mr. Filkowski, that Ryan Lindgren is an RFA at year's end, and there's word about breaking him up with Adam Fox as the top deep pairing. Ryan Lindgren needs to remain with Adam Fox for his next contract. Um, in the term of Ryan, for Ryan, Ryan Lindgren's sake? And for his sake. Uh, I mean, he, he'd be better off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's since that's the question, it's this is a layup. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't know where Cora is right now. He'd probably be laughing his ass <laughs> off because I would have given you the face if I known that that was what you were implying. But yeah. It's a layup. I mean, he's going to get more money by playing more minutes and playing with a better partner. I, I, I don't know what else to say. All right. Uh, Anthony, I'll go next just to help you out with this because the other thinking is if they split him up, let's say they put him with, uh, like, uh, I don't know, Jacob Truba, would he be able to show his value a little bit more? Would they be used as more of a shutdown pairing, et cetera, et cetera? What do you think that he needs? I'm going to say, by the way, I'm going to say, I think his value is top defenseman with Adam Fox. Do you think it's as much of a layup, Anthony? Well, I guess even if he was away from Fox uh, this season, I mean, it, it would hurt him a little bit, but I think he's made a reputation for himself now that, you know, he's a real rugged stay at home defenseman, tough as nails, um, you know, put your body in line type guy. Teams love those guys. So I think even if you play away from Fox, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, the Rangers weren't going to bring him back. I still think you'd have a lot of teams that would offer him, you know, a, a pretty good contract. So um, that's why I'm going to go beer. But I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's certainly beneficial to play with Fox. He ends up looking better. Like I said, more minutes, uh, you know. I, so overall, I think it, it suits him. But I think either way, you know, I think there will be teams that kind of line up for the guy if he if he were to hit the market. Anthony, Noah Dobson last year, 49 points. He was 21st among defensemen in the NHL. And Tyson Barry was 50, uh, had 55 points. He was 15th. Noah Dobson can crack the top 14 in defenseman scoring. So, uh, 
<laughs> top fourteen. Um, top fourteen. I'm <clears throat> I'm not asking him to get the top ten just yet. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean, he's a 50-point guy, I, I think, already, and he's 23. I, I certainly think he has another gear to his game, especially if the Islanders improve their power play. Um, I could see him, you know, getting into the, you know, the low 60s in points. Uh, so depending on, you know, you know, what kind of year it is for offensemen scoring, I mean, a defenseman that puts up 60 points isn't anything to sneeze at. Usually you will probably find yourself somewhere around there when it comes to you know, where you rank in scoring for defensemen overall. So, um, you know, I'm, I'll say, I'll say beer. I mean, it depends on what a, what a lot of what the other guys do, but I, I think no Dobson has another gear to his game. And I, yeah, I, I think he can get to 60 points where that, where he lands on that. I mean, I don't know, but I think that's a number overall that he can get to. Yeah. Phil, what do you think? Do you think he can actually get closer to being an elite defenseman? I think he's a 50-plus point defenseman probably going forward. I, I don't know where he tops out points-wise. I always said that he would be like a number two defenseman probably at his peak that scores about 40 to 50 points. He's already had a 50-point season to his name. Um, I, it, to me, it's really the placement. I, I, I think – Maybe at his best, he may be a 60-point defenseman one day in his very best season. But um, I I could see guys like Brandon Montour regressing a little bit, maybe not enough to to boost um, Dobson over him. Vince Dunn is another one um, that I could see regressing offensively. Hampus Lindholm I don't think is going to have 53 points again. Drew Doughty getting up there in age. Um, but then again, you're also going to get other guys like um, more insider who would have down year when playing uh, more defensive zone minutes. I, I think he's probably going to get back up to 50 something points, maybe even more. I think he's a stud. Um, Gustav Forsling is getting better offensively with each game. And I think someone like Evan Bouchard is probably going to take a step forward. If Aaron Ekblad plays a full 80 games, he could probably give you 50 points. Sean Dursey's getting better offensively, and he's going to have more offensive responsibility in Arizona. So I think there's going to be a lot of competition. While it's possible, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. So I'm just going to stick with beer. Yeah, I kind of phrased the question like this uh, because I wanted to know, like, if, if you look at the top ten and uh, or the top fifteen in scoring, because again, he was 21st. There was only about a six point gap between uh, 15. And uh, 21. You also and... got to look at some of the names, though, that like Chris Letang only had 41 points, but he played only 64 games. Does he go back? To I'm not sure if he's getting a lot more points with Eric Carlson taking his number one spot on that power play. I think play. they both are going to play power play one. Yes, me. I think that's going to be insane. That's that's just my take. That's going to be a deadly power play. But uh, I do think Dobson has a lot of potential. And if you're telling me, Anthony, if I had said to you, I think, uh, Phil, off the top of my head, like 65 was 10th in scoring, right? You got uh, the short of Don had like 64, and that was good for 11th. Uh, yeah. If, uh, oh, him and Sergeyev tied for 10th. Sorry. Don okay. If I told you that Noah Dobson's got 64 points, Anthony, do you think the Islanders are a wild card team? 
or you think they're already top three or possibly challenging for the division? Yeah, I mean, it depends, right? It depends how the rest of the team and Dobson can have an increased scoring, but, you know, maybe someone else goes down. So it's really hard to equate that. But I mean, yeah, chances are if Noah Dobson gets, to, you know, 65 points, the Islanders are a better team for sure. What if Dobson's defensive game regresses while his offensive game improves? I mean, that's well, that already. Yeah, that I mean, that already happened too last year. year. I mean, yeah, last year. Yeah, but yeah now, I mean, his offense kind of, to me, I, I thought he looked better offensively, even though the numbers went down, but I think his defense improved. I mean, uh, de- uh, de- regress, sorry. It did, yeah. <laughs> but now you got him with Romanov, right? He's with Romanov? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he plays with Romanov, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if Romanov covers up for any mistakes he might make defensively, that might give him the freedom to be more offensive. So, again, that's some of those things we're looking for. Um, when we talked about them and what their position was the by the way, so yesterday the Boston Bruins named their 27th captain and it was Brad Marchand. We debated about who should be named captain. You saw it in the short that's on this channel. The Boston Bruins named the wrong captain. Phil, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to say beer. I get why they did it. Um, he's the guy that's experienced. He's the guy that's there from the cup, uh, from the cup win. He's been there forever. Um, he's kind of synonymous with the team right now, considering that mm-hmm. Patrice Bergeron just retired and he was Mr. Bruin for a while. I mean, the last guy you can consider Mr. Bruin before him was probably a guy that left about three years before he entered the league and Ray Bork. So, um, uh, I, I would say that Charlie McAvoy was the guy that I thought fit well. I, I thought that, especially with long-term, because how many years does Brad Marchand have left in the tank? And you're going to have to name another captain in three years, four years, maybe. I, I, I don't know. It, it depends on, you know, the way he takes care of himself, any injuries, anything like that. But, Listen, Brad Marchand is well-respected by his teammates. He's loved in the community. I know people have met him say he's a great guy. He knows how to handle himself off the ice. On the ice, he could have done – he could do things that can kind of rub you the wrong way, and he might get himself into trouble sometimes. But maybe the the captaincy kind of removes a little bit of that from the uh, game from him. Anthony, what do you think? Um, I mean, I get why they did it. Like, like Phil said, he, I mean, he was, I mean, him and Bergeron and, you know, Chara for the longest time were synonymous with being Boston Bruins. Um, my thing is, you know, he's got two years left on his deal. So, and what, he's about 30, is he like 34, roughly, Marshan? Um, somewhere around there. So, you know, there's a real possibility after two years, you know, maybe he, he hangs them up too, depending on how it goes. I mean, you never know, but um, so you would think that maybe you want to, you want to give it to a guy that you know is going to be there for the next, you know, like eight to 10 years, a guy like could be the case of Charlie McAvoy. Um, so in that sense, I, I think they should have went that route. Um, but I do get why they did Marshan. Um, and the other thing too, it's 35. See, so yeah, there you go. Um the other thing, too, is that, you know, how he plays sometimes. I mean, I know what matters how you are in the room, but sometimes 
Marshan does some questionable things that you wouldn't want your captain to be doing. But um, I said, I, I get again, I get why they did it. So I'll go beer. I just, I just personally would have gave it to McAvoy. I'm gonna go right to what you just said right there, Anthony, and I'm gonna go a little bit further. Now I could sit there and go, look at what Marshan's done on the ice. I can't believe what he's done with that. I'm gonna go a different way. What if now Marshan can't do that anymore? Because you can't have your captain doing that stuff. You can't. Does that change his game? Does that change what he does? Does that uh, does that alter things? I mean, these are some of the questions that you kind of have to have. And I mean, Phil, we had this this conversation back when we first started this channel mm. about whether or not the the weight of the sea got on Brian Leach, or it could have gone to Adam Graves, could have gone to Wayne Gretzky. And, and you got got different guys that are in different roles. What if this changes Marchand and uh, Marchand, Marchand, and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, he's not that guy that plays on the edge anymore. Is that, could that take away some of the things that he does? I think you could still play on the edge and still be that type of player. And still and, be respected? And still be respected. I, there are definitely players that did that over the years. I mean, Eric Lindros was one of them. And he often went over the edge at times in his earlier days, but he was still respected and feared as a player. Um, Brad Marchand can definitely do that. Can it just, it, I, I just want to know if this changes how he gets into those, you know, little incidents where he does those little like extracurricular things yep. that get him suspended or in a penalty box. Because he he's been suspended fairly recently, so now now that's the real test for me. Oh, and uh, hold on, Granny's saying hit the like. Everybody, make sure you're doing that. Romanel, hey, it's great to see you too. And uh, we're going on to the next one. And Anthony's already got it queued up. Dave McCarthy is reporting that William Nealander will move to center this season. He's an unrestricted free agent next year. William Nylander's move to center will increase his AAV. Guys, I'm going to start this one off because I am buying everybody around. And this could be both great and terrible news for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Because if you're telling me you got he comes out and explodes this season, hey, that's great. Now you got to pay him closer to Matthew's money because he feels like he's underpaid. I Centers get more money, guys. Chicks dig the long ball. Anthony, what do you think? I'm actually going to go the opposite of you. And yes, centers are usually worth war, but I'm going to go shot just because I think, I, I think if um, Nylander would hit the open market, um, teams know, teams know who he is. They know what he's capable of. Um, you know, if, if they're signing him, good chance they're going to know that where they're playing him in the lineup, likely going to be the wing despite him playing center this year. Um, I don't think it's going to increase his AAV. I mean, listen, he's a guy that thinks he's worth more than, let's say, $10 million, I think, if he hits the market. Um, you know, I think he's around there, 10, 10 and a half. I mean, I wouldn't pay him anymore, but um, I, I don't think him playing center, honestly, is going to increase his AAV all that much. Um, he is what he is, and that's, like I said, I think that's like he's a $10 million player, maybe a little more, and I, I think that's what he's going to get. But it's not like, oh, him playing center this year, but, oh, guys, now we got to give him. 12 and a half because he played center. I don't think, I, I don't think it works like that. So um, I'll go shot on this. Phil, what do you think? 
I was going to say beer partially for that reason, but the other reason is, is how does he play at center? I mean, does he end up struggling at center? And then he has a bad year or a down year or something like that. I I don't I I don't think this is you know black and white one plus one equals two level of transparency here. There's there's no there's no direct you know there's no direct line here for me. So I'm I'm gonna say beer could it give him a little bit of an increase? If he plays well, sure, maybe. But how many again? How many teams are gonna view him as a center? And how many teams are going to want to bring him in as a winger? So I, I don't know if that necessarily really – I don't know if it really does anything. You know, then you put it like that, that's kind of interest, uh, interesting on that. So Steven Stamkos, this week, guys, he was expressing how disappointed he was in contract talks. He said he's been disappointed with the lack of contract talks with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I can't write the contract myself. Steven Stamkos will only play for the Lightning in his career. Phil. All right, this is a tough one. Um, they do not have a good cap situation. Just let's let's be realistic here. I know that I'm kind of, you know, being all master of the obvious right now, but they're relying on LTIR right now to, to get under the cap for the season. Um, it's Brent Seabrook's contract, basically. So – you they're losing they have eight defensemen under contract right now they're losing three of them and the three of those defensemen combined make about 2.3 million between Bogosian Dahan and Hayden Flurry so they're gonna have to fill at least two defensive spots next year they're losing Stamkos as an unrestricted free agent after this year if they don't re-sign him and then they have Tyler Mott and then Logan Brown, who I'm not really worried about. But they're going to have to move some sort of contract because Brandon Hagel's extension kicks in and he makes $5 million more a year against the cap after this season going from 1.5 to 6.5 million AAB. Something's got to give here. Did, does Eric Chernak get traded in order to, for them to keep Stamkos? I said that would happen before last season. Or, and actually before this season, and, and I, I've been wrong so far, surprised, but I'm guessing that Steven Stamkos may not be in the cards for them. So I'm going to say beer. Anthony, what do you think? So after he made those comments, I think it kind of like raised a lot of people's eyebrows. So Julian Brisebois made a statement after talking about how, you know, how much they value Stamkos and, you know, they want to win another cup and they want him to be a, a lightning his entire career. But, you know, there's there's kind of more that goes into that. Uh, the salary cap is something that they got to um, take real careful look at. So um, I, I, I still think he does. But, I mean, I also think that the lightning know the situation they're in. Um, they know his age, uh, so I don't think they're going to want to sacrifice any, let's say, young players um, just for another, you know, two, three years of Stamkos. Um, I think they want to keep him. I think their intention is to, but they also have to see if they could realistically make it work. The other end of that is it's clear that Stamkos wants to play for the Lightning and be a Lightning's, a member mm -hmm. of the Lightning his whole career. So with that said, you can likely assume that he would be willing to, you know, take a little bit of a discount to stay with the only team he's ever known. 
Um, I mean, he's already won multiple cups. Um, he plays in a state with no state income tax. Uh, point is, he's ready. He's made a boatload of money already. He's won. He's won numerous times. So for him, I, I don't think money is the most important thing. So um, if he feels that the Lightning are welcoming him and really want to keep him, I think he will. You know, he'll take a little bit of a discount. It just comes to. It just really comes down to how much the Lightning have to move heaven and earth to you know to make that happen. So um, I used to say round, but I'll 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 go beer. Although I still think he will be a lightning for his whole career i want to say that i really want him to be if there's anybody that looks like they really want to be there especially after making that statement that he made i'm gonna go shot guys i think the Tampa Bay lightning locked up all their core for the future there's where's the money where's the money there's there's no money lost i it's almost the same question we could ask about how is ottawa gonna bring in shane pinto right now i just i I know he's going to take a pay cut, Anthony. I don't know if he's going to go down to zero. So it's it's, it's going to be an interesting thing. I really hope I'm wrong, guys. That's that's the best way to say that one. And a lot of control room Anthony going on here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reports right now, the Ducks are offering Trevor Zegras a deal ranging between 3 and $4 million AAV. Uh, Anaheim and Trevor Zegers' contract dispute will carry into the regular season. Anthony, I'll start with you. Aero shot. Um, I, I think even though while they may be far apart right now, when it comes down to it, Anaheim is $16 million, $16 million in cap space. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're in really no really position to play this kind of hardball with him. Um you know, even though I don't think they have high expectations for the season, I think many people expect them to be at the bottom of the standings. You still don't want a player like him missing a lot of time, um, you know, especially for a young team. So I, I think they come to a common ground. I do. But um, it is weird how they're offering him three to four million when this is a guy had 65 points last year, um, but 22 years old. Uh, you know, when you look at some other comparables, the other guys around the league, similar ages that got, um, it's a little makes you scratch your head while they're while their Verbeek is really doing this with him, um, and for Drysdale for that matter. I mean, uh, I mean, why you? It, uh, it doesn't it doesn't really make doesn't really make much sense. But um, I, I would be surprised if it carried into the season. I, I really would. So even though it may look a little bit dire right now, um, I'll say shot. Phil, what are you thinking? I'm going to say beer. Um, I, I I don't necessarily think it's just the AAV. I, I think he's looking at Troy Terry's deal and saying, hey, I, I want that. Because that's what I, I think that he thinks he's probably worth. I think he thinks he's just as important to this be, uh, to that team as Troy Terry is. Troy Terry's a little older. They had to pay a little more to to keep him in. But, you know, you got also got to remember this. Goal scoring is at premium. Troy Terry has scored 60 goals exactly in his last two years in 145 games, 37 goals in 2022. Great season for him there. And then 23 goals last year in only 70 games. Um, I, I think that Zegers probably wants a deal that's worth $7 million or more and – for whatever reason, Verbeek is playing hardball, and 
does Verbeek see something that could be concerning that we as fans don't see? I don't necessarily think that's the case. I just think this is just a general manager playing hardball with somebody that they think that they have over a barrel. Because uh, I, I, I really wonder if they turn around and now, oh, well, Zegers is an arbitration eligible or something like that. And that's really what their argument is at this point. I, I, I don't. I don't think that's a smart idea. I really don't. Because I mean, he has one year required for eligibility for arbitration. I, I, I don't think it's smart to kind of play hardball with him because if he comes out and has a monster season next year, then you may be looking at the difference between locking up right now at seven and then having to pay closer to nine or more to get him locked up if he has a huge year this year. Just to touch on this quick, I don't know if it's something that he sees or we don't, but I, I honestly, I, I do think maybe, Philip, I mentioned in the group chat earlier, I get the vibe with Zegris is that he's not necessarily a player that you win with. Yeah, he's super skilled. He's he's all flash. He, he puts up points, but um, he's, I mean, he's kind of, I mean, he's a little bit soft. I mean, let's face it, it he does play hockey sometimes like he's playing a video game. And I, I think I think some people it kind of rubs the wrong way. He's really good, but I think I don't know if he's the type of guy that you hoist the Stanley Cup with over your head. And, and maybe uh, I'm going to give feels... you four names right now. I'm going to give you four names, and then you make the connection and you get the point. Mike Modano, Ken Hitchcock, Steve Eiserman, and Scotty Bowman. Do you see what I'm getting at? Coaches that get great offensive players and start playing defense. Yes. Turn them yeah. into winners. Turn them into players that you can win with. What was the vibe on Steve Eiserman before Scotty Bowman came along? Great offensive player. Can't get it done. Can't get it done in the big time. Doesn't show up when, when the going gets tough. Same thing about Mike Madano. He didn't have it. He wasn't rough and tough. He couldn't play that type of game. Well, Mike Madonna certainly proved a lot of people wrong in the World Cup of Hockey in 1996 because that Canada-USA series, that three-game series, some of the most physical hockey anyone has ever seen. And he rose to the occasion in that. And then he won a Stanley Cup three years later in Dallas with some guy named Ken Hitchcock. So, uh, listen, I, I do I share that same type of sentiment about Trevor Zegers? Yes, I, I get that. But he's also 22 years old. I don't think he's really done physically developing into his body yet. And I think if you really put him in a weight room with like a, a real good strength and conditioning coach, I think you could turn that guy into somebody very, very thick. And he, he could really turn himself into not a physical player, but a guy who could withstand it. And remember, Sidney Crosby, he got pushed and shoved around a lot in his first couple of years or so in the league. And then he became one of the hardest players we've ever seen to knock off a puck. Uh, Trevor Zegers won, and I had to double check this. Trevor Zegers won the 2021 World Junior Championship uh, MVP. So, I mean, uh, although it's I a mean, Bob Johnson Award, so I guess for Americans. But, I mean, it's just he's – he could – I think you could win with him, but I understand what you're saying, Ant. He might be a little bit soft. Um I think he also might be he, he might be a little bit wrapped up in celebrity right now because he had the yeah. EA thing, he had uh, the All Star stuff, he had that goal that he that he Michiganed uh, over to Frank Vetrano. but 
Sonny Milano. Oh, Sonny Milano. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's just one of those hey, things that who, it's like. Yeah. Go ahead. Who, who, who based on David's comment, which I know, but who who says no? Zegers for Dylan Cozen, straight up. I think Buffalo, Buffalo. said no. I think Cousins is way too important to Buffalo. I, I think he's the type of guy you want. That kid's a stud. Yes. 68 kid's points, too. 68 points got last year. Size and speed out the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. By the yeah. way, just to say just to, to kind of say this, I'm starting to get a bad vibe out of this. And Anthony, I poo-pooed you last month. My apologies. I, I'm I'm actually gonna go round on this. I think it might go into the regular season. Why not? Mm. He wants to get paid. He wants it long term. Okay, now let's see. Let's see if they do that. William Nylander all over again. Oh, and that's another one that still is. We're going to be hearing about that forever, guys. That is the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. Where thanks everybody for joining with us and playing along. And don't forget to uh, make it a drizzly night. So yeah, we're going to play some puck Bilku, and also feel free to throw some questions down in the chat. We'll answer those Phil, as Phil, we're some of this. Phil's got a Phil's got a date. We gotta we gotta get uh, we gotta wrap it up. Play puck That's probably a no go now, but oh man, uh, sorry to hear that. Shit happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to segue on that one, guys. All right, we're gonna do a quick one of these, and then we'll well, like I said, we'll also take some questions during that. So there's the there's the board, everybody. Let's start shouting out some answers. I use um, Stale for Minnesota and three shutouts, so you don't want to use him. Who would you uh, use? Alex Stalock. Oh yeah, I use I use Josh Harding. Um uh but it's tough. I, I looked up the answers for this one, so I, I know one that you could use, like that's lower. You could use. Well, I was going to ask Manny use, Fernandez. Is that one? No, that's going to be high. Don't you? Manny Fernandez is one of the highest one. Yeah. That's oh, boy. Do, uh, do, do Brzgalov. Brzgalov was there. Brzgalov, that, you know, yeah, that's a decent one. I totally forgot about him at Minnesota. Like when I looked afterwards, I totally forgot about him in Minnesota. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. What else we got? Right here, Carolina, uh, Minnesota. I what used um, Sean Hill. I used, let's see, I got to pull mine up. I used Curtis Lashizen. Uh, mine was Victor Rask because I did mine real quick. I never finished mine. So, uh, uh, so, Hart, so Hartford slash Carolina and Minnesota. Um, yeah, so Curtis Lashizen. I used him. Anthony, uh, we'll try this one. I, I, I use Sean Hill. And is that what was yours? I use Sean Hill. Oh, oh, uh, I thought you did. I'm at the percentage. No, well, you said you don't want to use our answers, right? Oh, yeah, okay. We... Oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> is this uh, the first time you've done this? We would do. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> is this the, the, all right. So, who else can we throw out there, guys? It's it's it's, it's Mark's Early first time. is going to be a big one. <laughs> um. um Trying to think of some other guys right here for us. And I don't think Philip Kuba played in Carolina, Jay Lewis. No, Phil Kuba, he, he no, played he uh, Florida. And never really got to the Carolina. Did, uh, Sean O'Donnell? Did he play for did he play I, I for Carolina? Think, no, I don't, I don't think, think he, he did. did for Carolina. No. 
See, I want to throw a name like Scott Darling out there, but I don't think he played for them. Uh, no, uh, he He played for Carolina. He didn't play for Minnesota. Yeah. Scott Darling. Yeah. Uh, my, see, the great thing about you guys is you're wired to go to tough guys. I end up going to um, uh, backup goaltenders. Uh, Jay is saying Scott Walker. How about Scott Walker? He he didn't he didn't play for Minnesota. No, he didn't play for the Wild. Why do I feel like Scott Young would be in there? But that's not right. No, Scott Young definitely didn't play for them. I know that. Again, I'm on Scots and Americans. It's just no. Um, let's see. Uh, Okay. Uh, okay, let's go to a different box real quick. Let's we'll come back to this. Yeah, because yeah, uh, the Giants game is going to be coming on soon enough. Yeah. All right, what else we got going, guys? We'll pick one. I don't know. Ducks. Uh, Ducks and Wild. Ducks and Wild. Ducks. And I wild. used Mark Jason Marshall. I used Mark Chenard. That's a good one. Um. Uh. They're going to be really Brzezgailov as well. I had another name off the top of my head, and I just forgot it, too, that I was going to – Don't you hate when that happens? Yeah. Worst. I mean, I have – I got a good guy for down here uh, for Ducks in uh, Toronto. I guess every game. Hmm? Uh, What did Phil say? No, I'm trying to remember who that name was that I had for Ducks and Wild. Because the guy that I used, uh, I, I got the bottom one I started to fill out. You guys had some good ones for Canadians uh, that were in there. The La Habita? Yeah. <laughs> what do, I got yeah, one for... By the uh, way, Anthony, I'm glad you Kurt, said that. Curtis, Curtis Foster. Curtis Foster is Ducks and Wild. Matt Cullen is also Ducks and Wild. Matt Cullen. Since I have another window Curtis open, Curtis I can Walker check out his three percent. All right, Ooh. let's go with Curtis Foster, guys. Uh, K, no, K, K, Curtis. Yeah, you K. got it. It's right there. It's right there. Curtis Foster. It's, it's popped there up. There it is. Because yeah, I had to put the K in there. 0.7%. <clears throat> nice. Uh, okay. A Canadian and a hurricane or a whaler. I use, I use Patrick Poulin. Uh, that's, yeah, I used Kevin Holler. Kevin uh, Holler. Uh, by the way, Kevin Holler, Filk. Game two, OT winner versus the New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers in 1995. The significance of that game, Brian Leach's only career hat trick. Yep. Um, you know you could use, Mark. I don't know how technical you want to be. Um, uh, I, I got one but, you could use there. You used it in a different in a different slot, Anthony, but I, I got one you could use. There. Gerald, Gerald Diddick? No, Sean, Sean Hill for that one. 
Oh, because I used I used Gerald Diddick for Maple Leafs Hurricanes. You could also use Gerald Diddick for Canadians Hurricanes. All right, we'll do Sean Hill for this one. Yeah, since Phil pointed that out, I love it that Sean Hill is already at number one, and we can use Gerald Diddick. Well, I used Diddick for that, but oh, you already used Diddick. All right. Yeah. Well, for this, Gary Roberts. You could Toronto, Carolina. Yeah, probably be a little high, but you could. Um, I used Derek King for that one, I believe. Ooh. Yeah, I used Derek King because he played for Hartford for a very short time. All right, I'm gonna go with Gary Roberts on this one. That's or probably be just... high. Only one percent. Wow, I know, okay. one, only one percent. <clears throat> oh, that's not bad. Um, Anaheim and um, Montreal. You could use Sean Van Allen. Yeah, Sean Van Allen. Wow, I haven't heard that name in a while. Sean Van Allen. Yeah, I use Tom Curvers. I use Tom Curvers for that one, but you could use that one too. That's a great one for Tom Curvers. I'm going to throw in the Van Allen one only because we use you use Tom Curvers a lot. You got you got like the sweet spot you use on him. Uh, The guy that I use right here is Terry Yake. That's not Curvers. That's Adam Creighton, bud. Oh no, he uses Curvers a good amount too. I know he does, but he uses Creighton even more. Yeah, Diddick uh, and Crossman. Diddick he uses Crossman. as much as I use Troy Loney. I mean, for did by the way, Terry Yake, forty-five percent. I used Yake for that one, so you kind of. Oh, did. I didn't know that. I didn't look at the the results. You didn't let me tell you. You just went and did it. <laughs> oh, guy, that's a doofus thing. I mean, yeah, all right, this thing, buddy. <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, you could with that for for you guys. You can always have uh, Daily Diddick and Constant Creighton, so you can always throw those names out. There. <laughs> oh, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony, I'm gonna move you up to the top. Uh, we can obscure my face. We only we only know one person wants to see it anyway. Oh, so we got the shutouts, and we got Minnesota and uh, Carolina. I got one. Scott Pellerin. Scott Pellerin, yeah, I haven't yeah. thought about him yeah. in years. Yeah, former New Jersey Devil and Dallas Star and St. Louis Blue. Yeah, Scott Pellerin, right there, scored yeah. really five percent. Woo! He had that ridiculous goal as a rookie where he flipped yeah. over a goalie and scored in an empty net. Basically, he almost he almost did the Ovechkin like probably about ten years before the Ovechkin goal happened. So. Did Glenn Healy ever have three shutouts? Not for Toronto, no. But I used, I used, I went way back old school. I used Jacques Plant. Uh, yeah, that's Jacques Plant could be a good one. I think that might be a little high. I used him. You could use. Turf I know I used him. That's why I said I used Johnny. Ba- no, I don't think Johnny Bauer had three for. Um, I don't think Johnny Bauer had three for Toronto. I think he had three for the Rangers in a season. Turk Broda would be one. I, mean, the guy, I wonder how high that would be. He's Turk Broda. Actually, Johnny Bauer, Johnny Bauer did do it. Johnny, I just checked. Johnny Bauer did it. Johnny Bauer is an interesting one. Johnny Bauer um, did it. 
Okay, he did it with the. I I thought I wasn't sure if he did it with Toronto, but he he did it with Toronto. So he had four in a season. I'm trying to remember who the hell Felix Poppins' backup was or who the goalie was before him. Marcel Cousineau, and no, he 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 didn't. No. Um. I would try try Bauer. But I would say try Bauer. We're gonna try Bauer. We're gonna go Johnny Bauer. Uh, Bauer like the skates? No, B O W E R. Come on, Mark. No, B O W. Got it. Johnny Bauer. Boom, six percent. It's not how that one hurt. And there's that's, definitely that's a Montreal Canadiens goaltender we're missing, guy. I did. I so, used Andy Moog. So did I. All that. Yeah, that was the one I used. Yeah. Um. <laughs> How about let did me just Jan, make sure he's in young... there. Joc- Jocelyn Tebow, I think, would be one. I don't think Jan Denis did it, uh, even though I know that he had one. But Jocelyn Tebow would probably be one that that's got. Oh no, yeah, Donnie didn't. Well, I got a former Ranger that's in there. That's from Jan Denis. Oh no, he didn't do it with Montreal. He had no shutouts with Montreal. No, he had one shutout with Montreal. He had three mm-hmm. career shutouts, and one of them was with Montreal. Two of them, funny enough, were with the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, I got one um, former Ranger that's in there, and that's uh, Gump Worsley. That could be a good one. Cristobal Huey actually did it, too. Actually, I, I checked Cristobal Huey. He's a 5%er. Uh, I, I would say Gump Worsley actually would probably be a really yeah. good one. Because nobody's going to – a lot of people aren't going to think of that name. 1% for Warren Gump Worsley. Yeah, I would go with Worsley then. Oh, by the way, how about this? How about this? Uh, Keith is saying put uh, Lafreniere – I would love to see it if Lafreniere earns it. Uh, That's that's the thing. Don't just give him it. Make him earn it. But I would love to see it. I think that's better for the team. Yeah, Bill Darden's a good one too. That that would that would uh, George Hainsworth, I think George Hainsworth's actually. I think his streak was longer than three games. You want to do? Let's try one of those guys, George Hainsworth and Bill Darden. I th- I think Hainsworth actually. I know Hainsworth's streak. Yeah, <laughs> oh God, Hainsworth had twenty two shutouts in a season once. My God, how do I spell Hainsworth? H A I N S and then Worth. I'm going to head out, guys. I'll see you Don't later. Don't worry. We're going to be right behind you because uh, it's not going to be that long for us either. And like we said, Anthony, we're trying to shorten shows. So we got George Hainsworth right there. One percenter on that one. So, again, not a bad job, guys. So, Anthony, thanks very much for coming in. And uh, Turk Broda. Yeah, Isn't I like the. Uh, was it Turk? But wasn't Turk Broder the um, Ed Asner character from The Simpsons that was in charge of the try and save? I am not uh, sure. That's, that's I think it was uh, Sergeant Braga. Yeah. I think that was it. Uh, so, uh, Wicked, you're checking that out. Oh, hey, didn't get to play that one for Anthony. Congratulations yeah, exactly. on the fan jam. But I mean, just wrapping all this up, Phil. I mean, there's. So much. Oh, Jay was asking this question. 
Will Zegras force his way to the Rangers down the road, or is he grew up as a Ranger fan? Yeah, I don't know about that. Sometimes it's hard to tell. These guys are getting millions of dollars. Uh, one of the lines I could tell you that I remember was Andre Reed telling me that he grew up a Steelers fan, but then when his other team became the Bills, that was it. He only played for the Bills in his career, too. So that's who drafted him. So it's hard to say. Some of the guys do feel loyalty to the organizations that take them on. Yeah. They yeah. when, especially when it's the team that gives them their first chance, you know, they're forever grateful for it. <laughs> Hainsworth picture looked like he was hiding in his jersey. Small. Hainsworth was like five foot, maybe six or seven, something like that. He was not a big guy. He, yeah, no. he was five foot six. No. And, uh, yeah, so. All right, it is uh, 7.48 right now. Guys, we are going to start the music and call it a night. Because again, everybody, we're trying to start shortening down the show to about an hour. Yeah, if we get it some time, we'll kind of go a little bit past it. But after all, I, uh, I've i got a very lovely lady at home who is cooking meatballs and pasta right now. So I can't wait. To uh, see her face. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, everybody, again, thanks for joining us. We're gonna have we're gonna be able to talk about games next week. Games. Can't wait for that one. I mean, I'm just delighted to even think about that. Like Tuesday night, I might actually uh, try to go see a game. I'm not sure. Um, there is. There's lots of questions that we need answers to. Lots of players that we want to see. Phil, gut reaction. Brennan Ottman, make the New York Rangers. Will he make it? I don't know. It's going to be close. I mean, it would be best for the team if he did. I mean, it would be really great. I just, I don't know if it's possible. Uh, Phil Pedel is the number two center. Is that better or worse? I think if Philip Eagles number two center, I think that's a very good problem for the organization to be having. And uh, actually, we never got to mention this at all. Adam Fantilli had a hat trick with Columbus and Connor Bedard in his first, uh, the rookie game, had it in like the first period. I'm not surprised by any of that. It's, yeah. Uh, Bedard, I, I think Bedard could score 40 goals as a rookie. We're going to be talking a lot about Connor Bedard when we do our season preview in two weeks. And uh, and that's going to be a big show. So I can't wait for that. Um, that I'm going to actually throw down some rapid-fire questions for you guys. And, uh, yes, Connor Bedard is going to be one of those questions. So, guys, everybody, thank you very much once again for joining us. And like I said, we're going to start shortening down the shows to get to about an hour. And... Uh, Giant fans, hopefully, uh, hopefully they look good tonight. I mean, they stayed on the West Coast, so there's not much traveling. They're gonna kill. Yeah. All right, and look, we got Shannon one more time. Looking forward to watching some hockey. Already over football. Have a great night. Yeah, hopefully we don't get a um, uh, Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, that just deflated a lot of people. Pretty All right. After the season, 40 ACL. 
Wait, who was out for the season? Trayvon Diggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just heard that right before we got on. Yeah. Yeah. So, why you don't talk smack in football? It can change even in practice. All right, everybody. Thanks very much for joining us. We will see you next week. And it uh, looks like Thursdays is going to be the night we're going to be doing. So, see you soon. Take care, everybody.